Welcome back to Pick Up the Phone. This is Camelia, and today we have a caller on the line. Who are we speaking with? Hi, this is Brennan. So you just said that so, like, I feel like everyone is always stressed once the podcast starts, and you were ready, <laughs> and I, I see you for that. Do you know why that is? It's because I did have a podcast where I would talk about reality TV. I didn't know that, but I, and I mean, this is a nice thing, not as an insult, but I felt like you had a podcast. <laughs> why? <laughs> I love that there's a possibility where that's an insult. People hate podcasters now. I know. Well, there People is. Like, everyone is a podcast. Everyone, and I'm like, yeah, I'm everyone. They're like, whatever. <laughs> your friend who likes to hear themselves talk. I'm like, that is me. You that's are me. Right. That you're right. You, you said it. Listen to me talk. Yeah, come on, guys. I say some good things sometimes. Like, you, let's be real. Every eight episodes, there's a funny bit. Okay, you got to <laughs> stick it out for that one. Come on. No, I mean it's like there is definitely a difference though between people who have a podcast and podcasters, right? Yeah. Like, I also think there's such a weird celebrity to podcast thing that's happening now. Yeah, it's where people awful. People make a podcast for no reason. No, um, who's who's a go- Sarah Silverman? I think she's a great example of somebody who I'm like. I'm sorry, girl. Like you missed it. Like, I don't know. Like if you didn't have a podcast like eight years ago when, when you were like, she, cause she was like huge in comedy for mm-hmm. like 30, 40 years now. Yep. So it's like, you, you should have had one like you're late. And now that you're late, I kind of, I think you're um a bit of a quack. I have a personal vendetta against advice podcasts because it will just be like any celebrity schmuck and they'll be like, we'll take your DMs and give you advice. And I'm like, you should not be telling people what to do in their lives. No, no, not at all. Or at least people shouldn't be, people should like recognize it as a piece of entertainment, right? I mean, if it's funny, if it's a joke, then that's like. Right, because then, yeah, then otherwise you have to be able to find the comedy and what people are talking about. Yeah, it's a little hard. This is Camelia. Please pick up the phone. Brendan is one of my friends from College Improv. I feel like I'm slowly recruiting all of you to come on the podcast because everyone is is so interesting and entertaining. I won't lie. I feel like an early adopter of pick up the phone. Like, I feel like... You you were an early fan and I really appreciate that. (laughs) Like, I was like, like the first... I don't know. I think you maybe had three or four episodes out and I was Mm -hmm. like, oh my God, I want to come on. Like, let me on, please. Yes. And okay. I mean, half my friends, I feel like regularly forget that I have a podcast or they'll be like, you have to do that again. And I'm like, yeah, I got to work on it most days. Like, like, dude, that's like the worst. <laughs> Honestly, that's like probably the worst part about having a podcast or something like it is like, yeah, that didn't like just stop. That wasn't like a phase I was going through. Right. The way I describe our improv group is like very breakfast clubby, where I feel like everybody in the team was very very different in personality like we were all a weirdly different like trope oh absolutely no i and i definitely think that was like looking back on it i really do think that was sort of the vibe that we wanted like we wanted it to feel like a ragtag group kind of and now we were (laughs) yeah and now we definitely were i mean it's weird because like you know obviously everybody's like relatively 
comedy or performance focus. So like there's a ton of theater kids and like mm-hmm. we're all everybody's kind of a theater kid. Am I right? I, I identify <laughs> as not a theater kid. I look, I do too. But at the same time, I am like, you know what? Like, come on. It's a little fun. Like, what's the difference between a theater kid and like a cinema TV acting kid? So here's the thing. They both start out with a sadness inside them, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's that's the that's touchstone. That's how you get into entertainment. Right. That's the touchstone. And then uh, the theater kid... Um, their coping mechanism is um, projection and being loud and being and like, like sort of vomiting it. Whereas a cinema kid, <laughs> a cinema kid is definitely more of like a um, like a you know cigarette on the stoop kind of guy, or gal, or NB, you know. Yeah. So I think I think what you're saying is, if you're a theater kid, you're sad and then loud and annoying. And if you're an acting kid, you're sad and then pretentious. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, nailed it. No, I mean, all jokes aside, I don't really identify as either of those. I just identify as a dude who likes who likes acting. Who likes acting, who likes performing. That's just straight up it. I feel like that's the purest way to be interested in it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like, it's bare bones. How did you get into comedy then? Um... So comedy, um, I guess, I guess the way that I would put it is that like, um, I have a, how do I say this without sounding like an asshole? Sound like an asshole and we'll fix it in post. Okay, great. So, um, I've just always been really good. I've always, ah, I know how to say it. You're going to be like, I've always been really funny. No, 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 no. (laughs) Oh my God. No. Um, no, I've always been, um, really interested in the physical form of comedy like like entertainment that i watched when i was a kid uh had a lot of you know it was all cartoon based so Mm -hmm. cartoonish movements and cartoonish sounds are something that really interested me then i found the movie napoleon dynamite and Mm -hmm. i probably watched that like i think a total of a hundred times in my life Mm -hmm. so i think that's got some really great physical bits so physical comedy is where it began and imitating that type of vibe and that type of movement. I don't know. I I just like to have fun. I just like to have fun and do fun things and do things that seem fun to me. So Mm -hmm. comedy just ends up where I find that I'm best in comedy is just straight up committing to the thing that I wanted to do in that moment. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that's an interesting way to put it, but that definitely makes you a good fit for improv. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's, that's really where, where it comes from is like, I'm, it's just about wanting to do something fun in the moment. Mm -hmm. And improv gives you those opportunities. I feel like that's something I grew to really appreciate about improv is the way that it helped me be more myself in regular settings too. Because I feel like we all have the whatever first pops into your head, crazy, weird thought, dance move, whatever. And improv is like, yeah, do that thing. Don't <laughs> don't put any more thought into it. Yeah, Go don't it. don't ask the question, should I? Just do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, not that I was uncomfortable before, but I feel like it made me lean even more into like, whatever, say the weird thing, take the conversation the way you want to say it doesn't mean you're never going to like be thoughtful. But it's like, you don't need to second guess everything you do. You can just go with what you want to say. Honestly, being silly 
gets you it gets you very far in personal like relationships right Mm -hmm. for instance at one of my old jobs like uh if something went wrong you know i would say something like what the fart and (laughs) look it's very simple but just like i don't know just something silly like owning owning your inner child and allowing Mm -hmm. that to like flourish is like i don't know it's I, i think that's the way to go through life yeah, I think so too. And I also feel like a lot of comedy is not nearly silly enough. Yeah. I feel like that's why I like to talk about kind of random, like quote unquote random things, like not like necessarily just like people or like, but it's kind of to be like, all right, let's spoof on politics. Let's spoof on my dinner. Let's, you know, spoof yeah. on how I'm decorating my room. And it's like, because why not? Why does it just have to be like, so I'm trying to date and it's not going well. <laughs> it's like, dude, like- <laughs> if I look, I know that you just did. I know that you just did a Tinder epi- uh, episode, but if I hear another celebrity, no, every, every standup comedian does it. And they're all the same bit. Like, I don't care if someone talks about dating, but every single comedy show I go to, they go, so are you guys dating? Are you guys on the apps? Anyone on the apps? Oh, yeah, yep, anyone on, on the apps? apps? And then people are like, "Woo!" And I'm like, "No, don't, don't even get at this point. Don't even give that applause." And then they're like, "Oh yeah, like oh, I'm trying to be on the apps, but like it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard. It's like a, you know what I mean." And I'm like, "I'm turning thirty soon." And I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna be single when I'm I'm 30. And it's like, and yeah, okay. <laughs> people are always because what what I always hear when I hear those jokes is like, I have a really hard time being emotionally vulnerable unless I'm in front of an audience, and I'm like. I, I don't know that to me. <laughs> yeah, uh, sorry, a little bit too much of a peek behind the curtain. And this is Camelia and Brendan's therapy of comedians. <laughs> Come on down. Are you an entertainer? We will diagnose you with what the fuck is actually wrong with you. Uh, I swear, I I know exactly. Like uh, my friends can tell you first and foremost. Uh, uh, I will let you know when you're sad. When I'm sad, you'll tell me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you if you came in the door, I'd be like. Hey, why are you so sad right now? And I think that's really important because it, you know, it's just getting it out. Yeah, no, no, no. As it shouldn't be. It, my feeling should be your decision. Yeah. <laughs> so I also went to another stand-up show recently where every single comedian talked about therapy the whole time. Oh. Obviously, I'm pro-therapy. I'm not coming out as anti-therapy. There was no like punchline. Like every every single person was just like, "So I'm in therapy." you could probably tell and i was like (laughs) (laughs) you're like you're like wait a minute actually yeah i totally can (laughs) like that's that's it yes and then the crowd work was like is anyone in therapy yeah how long have you been in therapy for and i'm like oh i thought it was building to like a was not building to in anything that's crazy i gotta ask is this like open mic stuff yeah i go to like a lot of small little locally ones Gotta scout the competition. I mean, you say small, but like you are in DC, right? Like so. Oh yeah, I just mean like people who only do comedy in DC mostly. Like I don't usually go see like big name people who travel. I right, just go right. to like local places that I like and see who see who, who, does sh- their who stuff. goes up. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, I know one of my friends. Uh, oh, bleep that. <laughs> I actually really love when people on this podcast like drop name drop, and then it's like bleep. I love it. I think it's so funny because I'm like, no, nobody's saying anything like really bad. It's just funny. I don't know. Thank you so much for noticing. Every time I do it, I feel like, you know how like in Kendrick Lamar's songs, he like bleeps out stuff because it actually will like get him killed because it's like. Yeah, right. And and then it's like me. It's like my friends like name dropping like their pal who didn't 
I guess, consent to being named on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Or like, even, like, the name of our school or something that I don't want people to look up. And I'm like, have Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> this is dangerous. <laughs> no one can know. We no, know. I, I do like that you think of yourself as Kendrick Lamar. Like, we all got to think of ourselves as our own best heroes. In the Venn diagram of me and Kendrick Lamar, the only bit in the middle is, like, the bleep sound effect. What are you up to now post? Well, it's it's been a few years post school. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How's that and- been? Yeah, so I graduated um, the year before COVID. So I got out like just in the nick of time. Um, So you can imagine, I don't know, man, like COVID really was like a hard reset on Mm -hmm. my life. Like, I don't know about you, but COVID was hard on me. Like, (laughs) that was difficult. I found the global pandemic extremely easy. Isolate. Yeah, honestly, I never had more gains in my life. <laughs> yeah, it it just was rough. And um but it also was like a little bit of a wake up call to me. Mm-hmm. Like it was like um you know, I uh shouts out to my girlfriend. Like she's the best. She's the one who like really pushed me to become and like really try to pursue acting full time. Um so it Without her, you know, I wouldn't be where I am today. That being said, you know, um, honestly, guys, <laughs> I recommend having a girlfriend. That shit's awesome. Like, BSA to all the dudes out there wanting a girlfriend, you should get one. That's a crazy take. Committed <laughs> <laughs> love and partnership, emotional vulnerability and intimacy. <laughs> Are you joking? In short, what have I been doing since the pandemic or well, since college, not a ton, but Mm -hmm. I'm trying. And I think that's what, what matters is that I'm trying. And in between there have been some like bright spots. Um, I got picked up by an agency, uh, at, at the beginning of this year and that's been good. Could be better. Okay. Wait, what, how do you get picked up by an agency? You got to, uh, put your face in front of them. This is actually an agency that I applied to before um, and got turned down. After COVID, a lot of people in the Richmond area like packed up and moved. So mm-hmm. they had openings on their books, right? So when I sent in my my headshot, my, my resume, my package, they were like, oh, th- this is perfect. You fill a spot on their books. And it was instant. Like I didn't have to... Oh, cool. Go through another audition process, which sometimes you do, um, Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to agencies that allow open submissions, uh, because an open submission is basically like a LinkedIn posting, job posting. But they will see it, whereas a LinkedIn posting, they probably won't, right? Yes. But yeah, that was a process for that. It's what matters is just getting your stuff in order. Like looking like you're an actor, literally physically looking like you're an actor. Or no, no, no. Like <laughs> you're right. You're right. Uh, let me let me adjust that statement. So uh, you know, have... I just I wasn't sure if you were like you got to trim the beard. If you want to be an actor? Like <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you need to be red carpet ready. Uh, no, actually, it's like it's um, what I mean is like you need to know who you are and you need to know what you bring because. At least in film, commercial, TV, you just need to know that that box that you check. Uh, unfortunately, the film industry and the entertainment industry as a whole is still very much stereotype related, right? Yes, yes. That is a good point. It's kind of like you play your one character. Exactly. No, it's exactly it. Like, um, 
Um, who who was it? The girl in The Devil in Ohio and um, To All the Boys I Loved Before. You know the blonde one? She's definitely like a typecast kind of person. Uh, who else? Um, did you see uh, Boo Bitch? Unfortunately, I am i don't really watch oh many movies. Oh my god! I'm awful. Oh, dude. Actually, Boo Bitch had... Uh, guys, I will say this is now an advertisement for Boo Bitch. Boo Bitch had me crying by the end of it. I literally was like, like tears flowing. It was so great. It was beautiful. Uh, it got like... I don't know. It got like 30% on Rotten Tomatoes, but... Uh, I think that was extremely harsh. Extremely harsh. <laughs> I will run to watch Boobage after this. Yeah, run. Do not walk. It's a limited series. There's only one season. Point being is that, like, you need to know your area. You need to know where you fit. Mm-hmm. Me, uh, heavier white guy with a beard and long hair, right? What comes to mind is uh, my cheater brand's Jack Black. Does that make sense? That does make sense. That's a funny way to describe yourself. <laughs> yeah, no, straight up. I mean, my cheater. You're like, and I'm here to play fun uncle. Yeah, exactly. That's the whole point. It's like I'm. I'm here to play unproblematic pizza delivery yeah, man. I'm here to play guy who's a little bit rude and a little bit uh, cocky. So that's that's the whole point. It's like to be an actor, you just need to know where you fit. That's kind of an interesting concept. Trying to puzzle through where I would fit in the cinema world, but I don't know if I want to know. I'm trying to think who your cheetah brand would be. So I actually so like background of a pirate ship. <laughs> I'm like, uh, yeah, you'd be wench number four. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you tried to be an actor or actress, you would really hit your prime around like 33, 34. Okay. Like just based on, based on your look, based on the way that you hold yourself, 33, 34, you would like boom, zoom. So I'm like a mom type character? Um, no, it like a I should have been a mom by now kind of character. Does that make sense? Like, like a little bit like I'm, you know, I mostly have my life in order, but just I don't know, something's missing. Like that kind of. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm picturing like all those movies where it's like I was engaged and in a high finance, you know, <laughs> Wall Street job, but it's all gone now. And now I'm 31 and back with my parents. Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. Oh, dude. Hallmark movies. That's it. Yes. Yeah. You're a Hallmark movie girl? Yeah. I I think so. I think you, you, I think you're definitely like the, you come home. No, you're not, you're not just a regular old Hallmark. You're the ones that they're making now where they're like, yeah, she's actually going to a farm that she doesn't own uh, because her dad bought a stake in it or and now the farm's in trouble like you're that that character yeah homework is so addictive whatever they put in it <laughs> i could predict for you every single thing that will happen in a movie just based on five minutes and i still sit down and watch it that's interesting i'm actually that actually brings up a good uh good question uh not a question but one observation i made about myself when i'm watching things i am not thinking about the next moment at all there's literally i'm literally just like what's happening right now that's crazy i wish i did that (laughs) (laughs) because yeah i and it's not even a it's not even a i know that for you it's definitely not a conscious thing right like you're not like all right now i'm gonna i'm gonna sit down i'm gonna watch this and i'm gonna predict everything that happens before it it kind of is a conscious thing though really i don't know if it is for everyone but my dad um writes screenplays as like a side hobby and so what he taught me a bunch of like script writing, like theory and just like general, like arc of plots and stuff. Are you kidding? I've never, I never knew that. I don't feel like you've told, told me that before. 
it's kind of just like a random little thing that comes out when I'm like, oh, the like second act turning point. Oh, the, lo- the lowest point. Here we go. And so like when we watched movies when I was a kid, he'd be like, all right, what is this? Oh, the first act turning point. All right. And then what's going to happen? Now? Okay. <laughs> so I kind of do do that when I watch Oh, things. wow. So you were actually like, you were actually like trained. You're like Pavlov's uh, film watcher. Kind of, kind of. I don't do it that intensely though. But then I'm just so curious about like, I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in like when things happen in the plot, kind of like why that specific thing happens, right? Like, the small moments and like, okay, what is that? What are going to be the implications of that? Like, how is that going to tie into a later thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't do that at all. No, no, not at all. For the most, so like, um, every now and again, I'll have like a Chekhov's gun kind of thing and for people who don't know what that is it's like if you introduce a gun in the first act you better have used it by the third act um so like only when a director's like you know you're watching a scene and like two characters walk out and then it like zooms in or like pans over to like something that they forgot or whatever only then i'm like oh yeah that's gonna be in the future and then sometimes in like action things i'm like this would probably be a creative way to use this environmental object. And then they do that, Mm -hmm. but you know, that's action and you're actually like kind of happy when it happens. You're like, fuck yeah. So are you always like very incredibly surprised? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Every time I watch a movie, I'm like, whoa, when, how do you, what? Every time you watch Hallmark, you're like, they're together. Wait, just her boyfriend in the city. (laughs) I mean, no, I mean, it's not that bad, but I, do for the most part like just it's it's almost like um an objective viewer like i'm like whatever you tell me is no i feel like that's nice i feel like i'm so judgy when i watch anything oh but i guess i don't know i'm a bit of a critic as well so like i like well here's the thing i like things that are not seen as critically like great like for instance reality television specifically real housewives right like to me, I, you can't find better, better art out there because it's people projecting themselves in front of a camera. And that's crazy. First off, those people are crazy, right? Like that's insane. Imagine, imagine being like, my life is so interesting. Other people need to see this. Yeah. So I also haven't really watched a lot of reality TV and <gasps> my roommates really like Real Housewives. So I catch glimpses of it now. Like coming in and out of the room. Do you know and which one? That which shit cities? Is crazy. Do you know which cities? Um, what's the one with Paris Hilton's mom? Oh, Beverly Hills. By the way, this is a hot take for some reason, but I don't like Kathy Hilton, and I absolutely take Lisa Rinna's side in this argument. I definitely know what that means, and I either agree or disagree. <laughs> um, I've seen the name Kyle Richards so many places, and it took me until. Truly earlier this week to realize that Kyle Richards is a woman. Oh, I know. I know. But that's two male names. <laughs> Kyle. I'm not trying Richards. to I'm not trying to like box people into their gender identity. But I saw people tweeting about Kyle Richards for years and I was like, this dude is fucking it up. <laughs> like this dude's crazy. <laughs> um and then there's uh Real Housewives of Potomac, which is, you know, Potomac, Maryland. You know? I can't believe that got approved. Dude, I love it. I, I'm so glad it did. That one's actually like, that one's my favorite because 
these women actually take bits and pieces of the other their friends lives and just throw mm-hmm. it out there they just bring it up on the show and the other women are like are you kidding me right now you're making this the storyline like it's very meta like they talk about like the show oh that's interesting would you go on a reality show what would it what would it take no i like i i think about this all the time the answer is no i can't i wouldn't i you know what it is? It's like I can be emotionally vulnerable in front of an audience with a script, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's it's me and it's truthful, but it's not me. Even if you suck on a reality show, like hats off to you. I couldn't do it because um, I'm too uh, self-conscious. I have this dream of going undercover on a reality show mm-hmm. and being like, I think that every reality show should have one person who's in on it. Oh, and- yeah. Like, um... <laughs> And so, like, I want to be the person on, like, The Bachelor or Love Island or something, and then they'll be showing, like, drama, and then I'll be, like, saying what the audience is saying. I'll be like, do, do you even like this man? No, exactly. Like, why are we... No, that's, that's, that's like, a prime... He's, like, a little crusty. Guys. <laughs> Guys, come on. He's a little weird. No, I, I mean, I think, I think there, there is, there's absolutely that, like, role that, like, a lot of people fill on reality shows. Um, it's just, like, once you become aware that you fill that role you're done like like the awareness of that it ruins it does that make sense yeah but it's also like you have to wait for the producers to choose you Mm -hmm. yeah totally be that like you just have to get lucky so so i'm like i feel like it'd be funny if there was like a commentator who was there but they'd be like that's not how the fuck it went down right and that was part of it because otherwise like you just have to pray that the producers like you enough and they build you a good storyline and not an awful storyline because like I do feel bad for some of the people that come out and now it's like people who meet them and know them from the show are like, you're a piece of shit. And it's like, they're probably obnoxious, but they're probably not like the devil. And that's exactly why I couldn't go on it because I'm like, you know what? Like I, in moments I pick, I pick fights. I like to stand Mm -hmm. like, I'm like, I didn't know this about you. Dude. I really like to pick fights and I like to, I like to air out things quick like, if you're going to be weird and we're roommates, I'm going to be like, hey, you're being weird. Does that make sense? I mean... That's a good quality to have. Yeah, uh, kind of. Like, it's good It's good instinct, but then, like, it's it's all about how yeah, you do it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> there's, there's such a balance of that. Like, I have a friend who, when her boyfriend does anything that bothers her, like, a, a tiny bit. You know, like, in any relationship, like romantic family friend like there's some stuff you just have to put up with and that's just how it is right not everything can be catered to your exact desire at at every moment right um and like any little thing he does she's like yeah i didn't like that and i'm like no no no. the healthy communication great great it's it's good that you don't bottle things up it's good that you're letting him know what things you like and what things you don't but but everything he is also a human being yeah (laughs) yeah you're like you like at a certain point it's like do you like this guy? <laughs> yeah, it's like you got to you got to pick and choose which things you got. Yeah, which things you can't matter. be like I didn't like that you texted me once and not twice. Like you got to you got to let the man live. Yeah, I mean, you know, th- you got to let him actually fuck up. Well, being on the receiving end of that, I feel like the answer is just like oh, okay. Just to put a period on like reality TV stuff. I I love it. I enjoy it a lot. But it is ultimately crap TV. And it's like, I shouldn't let the people in these TV shows make me so mad, but they totally do. And that's part of the pleasure. 
Oh, that's kind of beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. I've never watched them enough that I get invested. So I'm always just like, what is happening? Why are they yelling? That's the thing. If you don't want, like, whichever one you pick, you will fall in love with. Okay, earlier you said your agency was so-so. Yeah. Oh, good recall on that. Yeah. So um, what is the function of this thing, right? And it is, they are your marketing. That's what they are. They're your marketing and they're your connectors. They're people who go out and try to connect you to opportunities, right? So when you don't hear from them, but once a month on average, it's kind of like, hey, you guys there? Like, what's going on? Um, a lot of my other actor friends who are in, who are with agents, I don't consider them necessarily better, but they're definitely for a larger market uh, for New York. Mm-hmm. The thing about agencies is that they work for you, right? So the when they don't talk to you but once a month, it really does put in the question in your mind, are you advocating for me? Mm-hmm. Because that's what like that's mm-hmm. what you need in entertainment is someone constantly and mm-hmm. unequivocally advocating for you. Because otherwise you like if you're not Timothy Chalamet with two parents who are producers or like rich and friends with producers or Jennifer Lawrence whose dad was a producer, you know, stuff like that. I I think her dad was a producer. I'm actually not sure. (laughs) Like if you don't have that direct connection, it's like really tough to break into film, TV, even commercials. Mm -hmm. I mean, commercials, it's a little bit easier because it's like, you're more expendable um, because nobody watches, like watches commercials. (laughs) So, you know, it's a little bit easier to break into, but Film and TV, it's a lot It's a lot more uh, difficult. I feel like agents also have access. Like, they're advocating for you in places where you couldn't go yourself and advocate. Yeah, you just straight up can't. So instead of having, like, two director, producer, actor parents, you have to count on these people to, to have access to a network that you don't exactly. have. Exactly. No, that's exactly it. And it's like, like SAG-AFTRA stuff, like stuff that's like union. If they don't do it post an open call... You don't see it. And an open calls like even those aren't really open because you have to pay to submit to them. You have to pay. F- Wait, yeah, what? Yeah, dude. You have to pay to audition? No, not even audition. Submit. You have to pay to maybe get picked to audition to maybe get the part. Correct. So it's like it's like paying for LinkedIn Pro. I mean, that's really what it is. I was going to say, it's like paying for standardized testing. Do you remember? You'd have to like pay yeah, for dude, an Yeah, dude, that shit was annoying. Just to fail it? Like, You're like, oh, great. I got a two on that? Awesome. No college will take that. <laughs> Literally no college. Like even some, there were some tests that, that that were like, yeah, if you don't get a five, like we don't give you credit for it. I'm like, well, what's the point? Why am I doing this? Why did I pay $85 as a high school senior? That's definitely, that's so true. No, I mean, that's, that's really, it's, it's really like just getting a LinkedIn pro because otherwise, you know, then, then it becomes a nickel and dime game. It's like, how many times am I submitting? Is it worth it versus just buying the one year subscription to this 
the thing about acting is like you have to have a lot of money not not ready to go but like allotted to it be like set aside to be like okay this is going to classes this is going to whatever and then agents on top of on top like once they get you a job where they get their money is cuts off the top so you they Mm -hmm. get paid when you get paid if you have to pay your agent they're not the agent you want and you make money from acting roles um let's put it that way so so i'm actually like i'm actually pretty open about it so my agent is a commercial agent Mm -hmm. specifically commercial and print i've only gotten you know a couple jobs through them and Mm -hmm. They've only been commercial stuff, which is great. I actually have one that I'm in is still running right now, if I'm not mistaken, in the Richmond area. What are you advertising? I mean, no free advertisements, but it is a car commercial. I am asking for coffee. (laughs) So I always knew you'd be so good at that. (laughs) I know from from when I honestly, when I came out the womb, the doctor was like, well, this kid looks like he asked for a mean cup of coffee. I guess the way that I put it is like, I think. I think technically I'm still not breaking even with everything included between Mm -hmm. new headshots, between classes taken and like fees associated to that, which that's a big part of it too, is like classes are like the opportunity for you to literally get out there and be like, Hey, you're other creatives. Like, what can we do? That matters. I don't know. It's like, dude, it's like really hard to like get in the same room as people. I don't know why. I am also having a hard time with that. It's also so hard to like do something you really love as a side thing. And so like, hard. Which is when you work a full-time job, that's something else. Then it's like, I don't want to come home, even though I like love this other thing. Like, I don't want to come home and do more work. Straight up. Like, it's a lot of time. And it's like, I also don't have the time to always be researching like what I want to do next, what I want to exactly. put into this. Because like, it's not just like, you know, with the podcast, it's not just like, okay, let me record, but it's like, okay, am I podcasting? Am I going to open mics? Am I writing bits? Am I editing? Am I marketing myself? I have to figure out how TikTok works now. I have to like reach out to like, ah, dude, (laughs) dude, that's the best. They have shows Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. And I'm like, well, those are all the hangout nights. Those are all my turn off my brain nights. So, or even sometimes it's like, Oh, oh! You want me to go to an open mic on a Tuesday and then get home at like midnight? midnight? <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, it, it really is like that. It really does. Uh, it really is like that when you're trying to do entertainment stuff alongside full time jobs. I know being positive is about this stuff, and just still putting in the work is where you find success. But it is so hard. Yes, yes. Like I said, I go to a lot of like local comedy shows. I mean, friends are always like, they're amazing. And I'm like, they're okay. Dude, I know I have the same thought all the time. Like, I went to this um, improv audition for like house teams. And I was like, man, every time I got up there, I get paired with people who suck. And then I'm like, like, <laughs> it's like not true or fair. <laughs> like, right. because it takes two to tango. You know, it's one, it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, do I feel petty all the time? And it's just balancing those. Mm-hmm. It's accepting that you're going to feel petty and releasing it and not publicizing it. 
Have you been dealing with any burnout related to that? Like, I've been struggling lately with feeling like my comedy is getting less good because I'm tired and cranky, mm-hmm. whether it's about, like, non-related things or just, like, this is a lot of work for, like, not a lot of people comparatively to, like, <laughs> appreciate it, like, you know? The short answer is yes, I do feel that burnout related to it. But um, mm-hmm. I think being an improv allow like you have a lot more wiggle room because you can just start a scene being like i fucking hate my life and like you could be so serious about it but the fact that you just got so serious about something so serious people are gonna laugh at you because of it and i don't like unfortunately with stand-up comedy doesn't really translate like that right (laughs) like yeah well it's like a thing you have to like practice and hone and i'm like i sometimes i hear myself saying something and i'm like in my head it's really <laughs> funny but it's like not coming out yeah you way. like say it you start to say it and you're like oh no people aren't liking this i'm gonna die yeah, yeah. for anybody who's like scared or nervous to try comedy stuff or like improv or stand up whatever uh just know that once you start um floundering on stage you will think about your death <laughs> Like, sometimes you say things almost as though you're, like, a car salesman. You're like, and you will be up there, and you will think about your dad in Toyota. (laughs) In Toyota. Like, and that's why I got that role. End game for you, work-wise. Or maybe not end game, but, like, what, what is what you're really interested in right now that you're trying to go for? Oh, dude, what I'm really interested in right now is... Um, breaking into narrative projects, I would love, 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 love if, uh, even a webisode hit me up. Mm -hmm. Um, now obviously that's more a function of me and a function of me seeking this opportunity out because it's definitely out there. People are still making shit every day, but where I, where I'd really, this is what I dream of. This is absolutely what I dream of. I get to the point where I'm constantly, not even consistently, but constantly booking. So like my agents are like, hey, by the way, I got this thing, this audition for you. Here you go. And then I mm-hmm. audition. I do it. Even if I got like a, uh, I don't know, 10% land rate, like I want to be at the point where it's like I can sustain off of just that. Right. Because then I have more energy to actually focus on the marketing of me and right because yeah that's i think that's the hardest part you have to be both your salesman and your product what about you i would love to know where you want to be career wise unfortunately i have no good answer and i'm going through a deep crisis about this <laughs> so thank you for bringing that up live on air <laughs> yeah, um, live in front of a live audience this is live <laughs> it's just for my parents they listen to me. <laughs> they're actually their ears pressed against the door <laughs> I don't know if I want comedy to be like a, like, I think I would be really happy if it were just like a consistent hobby. You know what I mean? If I was like, maybe known a little around like the city or something and like, could just like once a week, everybody who worked there knew me and I knew some other comedians and I could do my shit. Like you're like, not, not even at the point where it's like, I want people to invite me to like, no, I just want them to like, like when I show up, they're like, Oh, Hey, what up, Cammy? Wait, can you also tell everyone what your day job is? This is the funniest thing I've ever heard. Oh, all right. So my my day job is uh, I'm a... Drum roll, please. Yeah, thank you. 
I'm a service coordinator for Windows and Doors. That's right. Windows and Doors. Yeah, that's right. When people are like, hey, my window's broken. I'm the guy on the other end who's like, okay, I'll send somebody out there. That's me. <laughs> and that's usually the way I say so you're it. not the person who's out there. No. You send somebody out. There. Yeah, I'm like, okay, I'll put you on the schedule, sir. And they're like, this is unacceptable. I paid thousands of dollars. And I'm like, yeah, I know it is. It's it's absolutely unbecoming of our company. That is the funniest thing about working in any like customer client facing <laughs> role. You just have to be like, we are pieces of shit. <laughs> and we should just die. You're right. You're like, yeah, you have every right to be this mad. I would I know I would. I would I would burn down this place in a heartbeat. Oh my god, that's so what it's like. You're like, oh my god, I totally understand why you're yelling at me. I am stupid and dumb and garbage and worthless. Like, <laughs> you're you're like, so right. Yeah, it was my fault. I did break your window. I feel like you should just start fucking with them and be like, thousands of dollars. Well, like, you know, it's really not very sustainable. You should actually be buying your window secondhand. <laughs> um, actually, speaking of secondhand windows and doors, my my mom has like, we had an old screen door that like broke off and she now truly uses it as like a fence for part of her garden. That's actually like a beautiful thing. I love, I love repurposed storm doors as part of your lawn. I think that's, it's great. However, it's so ugly. (laughs) There's a lot of like animals that come and eat her plants. So it's like a full door, a sideways door. And then like just a bunch of like mesh netting just like it up on like stakes in the ground and so it kind of looks like all her plants are in prison i'd actually really love to see a picture of this the way that you're describing it is not what i pictured in my head i pictured like sort of like a junky boho kind of backyard feel and this feels once you said the word prison um that totally changed the way i thought of it i think ultimately My biggest piece of advice for anybody in entertainment, anybody in comedy, anything, is just own you. Find you and present that fully because that's what makes good art. That's what makes a good performance. That's what makes people want to watch. And it doesn't literally have to be you, your life story, but like the essence of you. What do you carry? I know that was your closing remark, but I do have a question. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Do you think... Do you think that you can change? Because I know you're talking about like some of this is like truly who you are, your core and the way you want to portray yourself. But some of this is also how people perceive you. And as you said, the industry relies on a lot of assumptions based on looks and slotting people into roles. So can who you are change? Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. And like the short answer, that's 100%. um, And the example is Kumail Nanjiani. I mean, if you see what he, that's true, like, obviously we all look, we all know the steroid use. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah, of course. Um, but what he is doing now with his role in um, Welcome to Chippendales, it's an entire change from everything that he's done. It's it captures a lot of like dramatic elements from uh, some of his earlier work and removes the comedy fully. So, yes, you can change, but. Why, why change when you, you were already gifted something like when you were born, when you were created, when you grew mm-hmm. up, you were already gifted something. Try that first. And if you, if you don't like you, then yeah, try to change it. Have you tried therapy? It works for most comedians. <laughs> it, it does. And they'll, they'll let you know about it too. <laughs> You've reached the voicemail of Camellia. 
please hang up and dial again. for listening to this episode of Pick Up the Phone. Our show would not be possible without the support of our amazing team. Our executive producer is Camelia Pastor. Our audio editor is Camelia Pastor. Our graphic designer is Camelia Pastor. Our marketing team, Camelia and Pastor. Sales and analytics, Camelia Pastor. And of course, this season's intern is Camelia Pastor.